All right, we're back for an all new show. Listen, Blue, I'm here with you. Damage isn't here because it's his birthday. Look, mm -hmm. I'm fresh off the plane from Paris Fashion Week. I had an amazing trip. I have to tell you, I also had a lot of challenges. While we were there, a lot of stuff happened, uh, Blue. Uh, my assistant was uh, hit in a car crash. Wait, what? I was pepper, spray I was pepper sprayed at a club. I was detained. Um, I was extorted. And I just, you know, I had a very, I had a very traumatic experience. All jokes aside, I had a very traumatic experience uh, in, in Paris to the extent that it has changed my life forever. We will talk offline about that. Okay. But I just have to say, I want, I want to give a really quick shout out to the French police and the French government for doing everything that it could to protect me, a public, uh, a, a public figure and somebody who, you know, had a lot of questions about how things were going to go down out there in Paris. Uh, they were very, very, very good. So shout out to them. Shout out to the translators. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to the U.S. Embassy. Shout out to my attorneys. <laughs> shout out to my team, my assistant. Shout out to just people. I just And shout out to the TSAs in America because I am happy to be back in the United States. And I it'll be a while before I leave again, oh. maybe a week or so. But yeah, I am I am happy to be back. Well, Jason, the last person who went to Paris and had a, a, a life-altering incident, I think it was Kim Kardashian that we heard of. So mm -hmm. I think this is the universe telling you that you're officially a celebrity now. Like, you're not just a public you figure know, anymore. You you're going to Paris Fashion Week and having an incident. That sounds like celebrity problems to me. One thing that I have to acknowledge, you know, when Viola Davis had talked before about imposter syndrome, and I've heard so many people, you know, the noise online gets loud at times. You're nobody. You're nothing. You're a loser. You're a fraud. You're you're nobody. You're you you, you know you you know that does somehow find some space in your mind where I know who I am and I know what I've accomplished. I know what I'm doing. I know what I've built. I get it, and I know who I am. But I'm also just a human being. Like I'm the most humble, down to earth, accessible overly accessible at times person. So many ways, I don't see myself the way that other people do. And now I have reconciled with the fact that I am a public figure. I am somebody who is known around the world. I am somebody who has a lot of visibility. When you look at our YouTube channel, Billion Minutes Watch, you know that's a billion minutes watched, but you don't think about a billion eyeballs seeing you. And that's a billion people, mm -hmm. potentially. And I, I now have to reconcile with that. <clears throat> and it's not being fake to be cautious and protective of the brand that I built, you know, exactly. and not allowing everybody to have uh, direct access to you. And so I landed, the first thing I did was called Tiffany Haddish. And I said, I need a therapist and I'm going to therapy. I'm literally traumatized by this last experience. And I'm going to at some point tell my story, but I, I, I absolutely unequivocally can never be the same, will never be the same. And so even anything that happens to me, I always look at it like, what is the lesson what is the what is the experience that I was supposed to get out of this? And, and and I'm telling you right now, my hand to God, I got the lesson. I got it. I prayed on it. I have been since in touch with God to have a conversation. And I'm just so grateful that um, I'm able to uh, really just continue to grow and experience life and all of what it has in store for me. So that all happened. Wow. Blue. Yes, that all Ooh. happened, Blue, di directly after one of the most amazing moments of my life. And and this is how funny life is, right? <laughs> You're not going to get the lemon and the lemonade without the rotten peaches. You know what I mean? I don't even know if that's the same, but... <laughs> You're not going to you get know, the lemon without, without, without the sourness, too. There's a little bit of sourness when you have lemonade, yeah. 
this all happened directly after I had one of the most amazing moments of my life. Um, everybody knows that I love Cardi B. I love Belkalis Almazar. That's her name um, on a personal level. Have become a friend. I'm a fan of hers. And I, you know, in many ways, she's our Cinderella. Last year for her birthday, you know, she it was such a, a, a monumental moment for her in her career, having risen to the top, won the Grammys and all that, you know, multi-platinum diamond albums, all of the accolades, all the fashion cover magazines and all that. I thought going to her birthday party, what can you get somebody who seemingly has it all? And it dawned on me that she had never met Christian Louboutin. This was last year. And so I called Christian Louboutin, who, by the way, if you don't know, is a black man. Wait, what? Um, Hold on. Wait, he's black? Yes, Christian Louboutin is Egyptian. He's African. Yes, Christian Louboutin is a black man. Oh, (laughs) I I I called Christian and I asked Christian to design a pair of shoes for her. And he designed two options. But it was the one shoe, the bloody shoe, as I call it, that stood out. Let me show you this video of Christian putting a bow on the shoe. This is Christian Louboutin, the Egyptian man, putting a yellow bow on the red, all red patent leather, red bottom heel that I call the bloody shoe. And he's wrapping it in a yellow bow because of Bodak yellow. Wow. Okay. Hand did this for Cardi. Let me show you the boxing that he did. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, you have to go check it out on YouTube. Okay. He put this beautiful, beautiful red patent leather shoe with a red heel and the Bodak yellow bow um, into this beautiful box. And the unboxing of it was amazing. Not only did he put this box, the shoe in the box, but he also provided her with a whole other pair of shoes. Let me show you what the shoes actually look like. Those of you listening to the podcast, you have to go to the YouTube channel. He put on there, Cardi B, these are your shoes tonight. Don't let anybody touch them because they are yours. And what it said at the top of that was, there's some hoes in the house because you know she had just come out with the song <laughs> WAP. Okay, and he signed it, much love, Christian Louboutin. Mr. Louboutin made these shoes for her last year and she was so in love with them that she was crying when I took them to her house. That blew this year. I had to top that by flying to Paris and introducing her to Christian Louboutin. Jason, you are giving her like husband level gifts. And I actually remember the last birthday because it was the first time that I had shot with you in Damage and we had just finished shooting with Floyd. So it was my very first episode of Hollywood Unlocked and you left at like two o'clock in the morning to make sure she got those shoes. And I was like, he must love her because I'm going to bed. It was like 3 a.m. and you went to go give her those shoes. And so the fact that Mm -hmm. a year later, the full circle moment, we all need friends like you. My birthday's coming up up in April. (laughs) I put up at her house at 2.30 in the morning and her security was like, what you want? And I was like, uh-uh, wake up, Belkalis Almazar, because I got this box I got to give to her. But let me tell you this. It was the perfect moment. She was in Paris uh, for Fashion Week. Christian and I have been talking for the last two years about me coming to visit over there. But, you know, with COVID, the borders and everything shut down. Let me show you this video from our dinner where I had to start the conversation between the two of them about the bloody shoes. Take a look. Okay, so listen, um, you know my friend, my friend, the bloody shoes? Bloody shoes. And this is my other friend, the other bloody shoes. What do you mean bloody shoes? Bloody, bloody. Together. 
Bye. Blue, I plotted on that video all night because I know you. I mean, it was I know iconic. You. <laughs> you know what I love about the clip, and not just the clip, but like the whole thing of you and Cardi and Louis Vuitton. I mean, that's a flex in itself. People are going to see this and be like, "Oh, Paris Fashion Week, bloody shoes. This is so materialistic and so shishi." Cardi, remember where she came from. She came from the Bronx, right? And to see how much she's manifested, look where you came from. And the two of you being in Paris Fashion Week at like the height of what is considered bourgeois, I think it's just a great testimony to manifestation and what happens when people are bigger than their circumstances. So for me, I find this inspiring for a whole different reason. With a very successful, world-renowned, iconic Black man. A Black man. I'm going to sit with that one. That is amazing to me. That 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 I think was the biggest thing for me that you had three, four because her her stylist Colin Carter who did a phenomenal job, the four really oh and Offset her husband of we're course. all there Offset Offset kept coming and going though Offset was over the snails or whatever they were trying to serve Offset was like Look, I'm about to go outside and you know um, it was um, just to have that many successful people of color in one space who all came from different places. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of their career, but also the intersection be between where we all came from and being able to talk to uh, Christian about just, you know, the history of his shoes and how he came up with it all. And Cardi, you know, and why, you know, uh, she rapped about him. You know, when she said bloody shoes, we asked him what he thought. And he said he he thought bloody shoes meant violence because where he oh. is from, bloody shoe violence. And she was explaining that for her growing up, you know, working in the strip club, not having no money, uh, not even being able to pay her rent. But she wanted to feel, feel like a rich bitch having, you know, her man take her to go buy some Christian Louboutins. She felt, you know, luxury, luxury, you know, it was luxury. And so being able to watch them have that exchange was so amazing. And it was definitely a moment. And so but but that wasn't the moment that caught everybody's eyes. Cardi B literally is the queen of Paris Fashion Week. This woman just had a baby three weeks ago and right. popped out with multiple looks. Let me show you some looks while I talk about them, okay? Okay, she killed this Mugler number. Now, I don't even know who Mugler is because I'm not into fashion. I still go to Zara. Sometimes I'm over at Neiman's, but this look... <laughs> Keep just keep going through the looks for those of you watching. Wow, Blue, did you see these? this is she looks amazing and snatched. Oh my god! And the artistic what I what I love is that you know again we're talking three weeks after having a kid popping out with all this high end. I mean, I asked them where they got all this because you know I didn't see this on the on the racket sacks. They went and got it out of a museum. The, her commitment to her creativity, I don't think people really, really sit with Cardi's work ethic. This is work to look like this. This is actual yeah. work and creativity and artistry. Oh, I'm gagging. Well, listen, 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 listen. It wasn't just uh, Cardi B that killed it. Her husband, uh, her husband Offset also did his thing. Now, these are some looks from uh, Offset's uh, thing. We don't know if he's uh, oh. Black Panther <laughs> or if he's Iron Man. But either way, <clears throat> you know, somebody straight out the A... Oh, I love this one. Look at this. Slayed all of them. Yeah, and we're now the same size. So I want this is the this is the outfit he wore to dinner. This is what they wore to the dinner. But, Power you know, couple. again, I want the fashion. I, this is the Balenciaga look that he had, I believe. Um, it, Offset killed it as well. So King and Queen of Paris Fashion Week, two thousand and twenty-one. This is part of my power couple goals. I want to be in a relationship with someone who we can work hard with and then flex this hard and apply pressure mm -hmm. when we decide to step out. I love seeing couples who can have that moment together. And so to me, those couples pictures in particular kind of speak to me.
And Jason, I want you at some point to be in Fashion Week with your boo and matching Mugler outfits. Next time I go back to Paris, I'm going to have tons of security. I'm going to have a whole system and team put in place like traumatic. Okay. Listen, another thing I want to say is that what I love about Cardi's story is where she came from and where she is. And the person I talked to recently, Luke James, a friend of mine that I literally have seen from the beginning of his career. I recently ran into him at Neiman Marcus shopping when he was getting some clothes for, uh, you know, his new life on Broadway. And so I talked to Luke James. Are you, do you familiar with Luke James, right? Luke James is extremely attractive and I have eyes. So yes, mm-hmm. I am familiar with him. I think he's on the shy and yeah, actually he is on the shy. Um, his acting is amazing. He actually has a storyline that is controversial and very brave for a black man. So I hope you guys talk about that. I just think he's an amazing actor. And from what I've heard, because we have a lot of mutual friends, he's a good person. Nobody has yeah. anything bad to say about this man ever. Well, Luke James is amazing. And here he is, Luke James. All right, Luke James is finally here on the show. Luke, now, as long as I know you now, you know I'm pissed that you haven't been here sooner. Yeah, I know. I know. It has been years. I'm, what, yeah. eight years, nine years almost? I've been- it's been a long time. Listen, okay, couple things. One, I didn't know that you were a Gemini. You're not, you know, I have this thing where I don't trust Geminis or Capricorns, but you're very not the typical Gemini. Have, have people tell you that or no? Uh, no. Uh, usually when people find out I'm a Gemini, you know, they just like, they, they don't, sometimes don't give it a chance to know me in that sense. Right. Because I, I feel like Geminis, at least the Geminis that I deal with online, they they're always like, it's just a bipolar experience where it's, you get one one day and then you get somebody a different another day. But you, I think you've been pretty consistent. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, you and I. I. I guess I could be. I could. I could be weird at times to some. If if you stick around long enough, I guess I don't know. I'm pretty. Well, I've always. I feel like we're always the same. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like one thing with you, I've always gotten just you're very consistent, um, always good energy. So I ran into you recently in New York City shopping. Um, you know, we were shopping at a pretty nice place where you're making a, a little coin. You know, oh, yeah. clearly, you know, life is doing well for you um, at Neiman Marcus. And you yeah. and found out that you're on Broadway here in New York. Yes, yes, I'm on Broadway. I'm, uh, this is my debut, uh, making my debut. Um, currently, we're in previews. Uh, Broadway, the show is called Thoughts of a Colored Man, um, uh, written by Keenan Scott II. It's a beautiful, beautiful, transcending, transformative uh, piece of art. And uh, I'm grateful to be making my debut on Broadway uh, via this. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome to see you. <laughs> no, I know it was so random, but, you know, I've been so proud of watching you and your career um, as you've just navigated through the business. Um, we, like you said, we've known each other for a long time. We met in LA. I never knew that you were from New Orleans, though. I mean, I never knew that you were a Southern guy. Yeah, New Orleans, born and raised, downtown, Seven World. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so does that mean, like, is, is that the hood? Because I recently had yeah. Master P here, and we were talking about Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Department, and that's such a horrible, yeah. horrible place. But um, yeah. is that is that the hood where you're from? Oh. Uh, Mm, it's weird to say because I, I kind of feel like New Orleans is all like the same. Um, so I wouldn't really know what is considered the hood unless it's the projects. Um, it's pretty much, it's pretty much the same. I don't know what would consider what would make it hood. Um, 
New Orleans is a big city, but small in this, in, in, in a way. So I, I feel like it's kind of just one big uh, pot of uh, beautiful people. Hmm. No, I love New Orleans. I've only been there a few times, though. Um, and of course, I'm a tourist. So Bourbon Street is pretty much where I hang out. <laughs> so growing up in New Orleans, because I've never asked you, you know, I've never had the privilege of interviewing you. I just yeah. know you as Luke. This you know, the crazy. guy who can... It's different, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, you don't have to be too guarded with me, Luke. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fair guy. You know, I, I do have a wild show, but the show yeah. is like, the show has gone through its roller coasters. You know, I told, I was recently on the breakfast club and I said, I'm, 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 I'm less tea, more cappuccino, you know, I'm into, um, that. I'm into that. I've mastered the tea thing. I want to get to, you know, elevated conversations because, you know, when you're in the business and you're pursuing your dreams, you know, you start out somewhere and you don't always get everything right or, or you or you master what you know to be right. And then you say, hey, well, what else is there? You know, like you started out singing and now you're acting and now yeah. you're on Broadway. So yeah. what has the evolution been like? Wow. The evolution has been, um, like you said, ups and downs, Um, you know, some some making having to do having to do a, a couple, a few things that I'm probably not, wasn't completely happy doing. Um, but in order to get to the space where I'm at now, I figure, I, I feel like I am, I'm at a space, a place where I, I failed at, at all the things that I hate doing. So there, so my only option is, are the things that I love to do. So that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful to be where I'm at. It's been up, up and down, but um, to be fair, I'm grateful and I've been enjoying the ride. This is just an awesome experience, man. I mean, even this right here is like a full circle moment. You know, um, this is I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm telling you, and there's no cap. This isn't Luke and Jason at the bowling alley. We're not at pins. You know what I mean? We're I actually. Know. We're actually professionals. Wait, this, so that's this, this is fire. But, <laughs> wait, so let me let's unpack that for a minute. What are the things that you believe you um that you failed at? What 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 is that? Unpack that. Well, for you me. know, you know, it's just like when you when you pursue a lot of times as artists, we jump into the business while at the same while at the same time still discovering ourselves as an artist, um, discovering our voice, what we want to say, what we want to do. You know, for me at the time, at that time, um, was music. So, what was it that I wanted to offer to the world? And still figuring that, that what, that what, you know, still figuring that out. Um, so you make a lot of decisions, but you you're making them as you go in front of everyone. You know, presenting it as yourself. You know, um, when in, in actuality, and that only, and I'm only realizing that as you know as I'm in the business now longer and, and I can look back on things and, and, and see what, what I could have done different. But if I had done that, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I wouldn't have the knowledge of, that I have of this business, this entertainment business. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't be so sharp as sharp as I am today. If I, if I didn't take those chances and take that uh, particular direction um, with, you know, being signed or, um, you know, p p putting a particular sound of music out or, you know, associating with this and that or whatever, you know, those types of things. Um, 
so yeah, that you know, it's kind of like, but you got to do it scared, or else you you never do it, you know. So I, I don't I don't have regrets. Um, so that that part is cool. So yeah, but I mean, okay, so you put out a, the Luke James mixtape in 2014. You've been doing music for a while. Um, I always thought you you were one of the best R&B voices that was the most underrated when you first came out because I think that until you really have longevity and skin in the game people don't give you the credibility that yeah. not credibility but the um the respect that you deserve you know as a as a singer yeah. as a crooner and we all know R&B yeah. music unless white people are singing it black you know they really don't give it the credibility that it, well, well, anyway. we're supposed to know how to sing we're supposed to know how to dance and play ball and jump high and do miraculous things we're supposed to because we're black, which is which is true because we are magical. But um, yeah, it's fucked up in that in that regard. Yeah, but I remember one of the biggest things you did, and I always wanted to ask you this question: you know, as your friend, as my friends, I don't be asking y'all stuff because I feel like when I do it, I'm gonna do it on my show. But when you first got that real big like shot out of the can, it was when I remember watching you open up for Beyonce on tour. Yeah. And you you had that time in front of her her audience, which is a massive. I mean, it's it's massive. Crazy. Did you feel it? Did you feel at that time that you were ready for that level of exposure, or did you take uh, the opportunity and and use it as a vehicle to really propel yourself out there in the spotlight? I don't know if I complete. I don't. I don't. I, I had always looked at it. I had always looked at it as 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 a, a glimpse of what. The universe has for me that that's how I, I i remember thinking of it that way you know i mean because i because i had always i've never seen myself as an opening act so being an opening act for the biggest artists of our generation um yeah i looked at that as like this is this is what you, you you're gonna have you just have to work your ass off for it you know and that um that's what that's what I took that as. It, I mean, it was a phenomenal experience and opportunity. That oh man, I, some I, I trip sometimes because it almost doesn't feel like that was real. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean just, for people that for, for people that if if you were one of the one or two people that didn't see this tour, it was a massive tour. I mean, it was huge. The audience was probably the biggest I had ever seen at the time. Huge. And, I was getting sixteen thousand a night. Because everybody shows up on time to see Beyonce, so they're not expecting to open an act. Everybody's just showing up to get close to uh, the Queen, and um, I would have pretty much sixteen thousand. I would be performing sixteen thousand. Usually, if you know those who know this business, it's crickets um, for opening acts most times. Um, but for me, damn. It was I had I had a, basically a full house, you know. Yeah, it was pretty wild. We were performing in like thirty three thousand plus, you know. It was a world tour, so we went a lot. We went everywhere in big ass arenas. Were you nervous at all at the time, though? Because yeah, I mean, because it was it was so you know, as a friend watching you in the audience. There's of course the fan, like wow, he's an amazing singer and he deserves a stage. And as a friend, it's just it's you're also terrified because it is such a big deal. Yeah. And to know you as a person who's very you know, um, you're not a loud person. You're not a very 
mm-hmm. animated. You're just a chill guy. And then to see you yeah. on the stage, you know, sweating and doing all of what you do as an R&B singer. I mean, it was, you know, you're cheering your friend on too and hoping that he's enjoying it all. Were you able to enjoy it? Yeah, I was able to enjoy it. I had a, I had fun. We had fun. It was it was a hustle and bustle, but it was fun. Um, I, I mean, it was scary every night, night after night. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful to have had that experience. I, you know, like I said, I do things scared. My I have stage huge stage fright, but on the other side of not doing it, if I allow my fears to take over me, to if I allow myself to succumb to them, um, on the other side of that is depression, and I I I uh, rebuke that. I'm not going through that, so. Fuck it. I'm just scared as shit on stage in front of everybody. And there's another, there's a, such an adrenaline rush, you know, basically like jumping out of a plane, you know. Um, skydiving has to be the same feeling because that's exactly what it was for me. Um, yeah. So what were what were any fondest memories of the time with Beyonce or any lessons that she gave you when you were early in your career? She was hoarse. She was like tremendously hoarse uh, for a lot of the first leg of the tour, and it was just amazing to see her push through. And if you you know when you're a horse, like and I'm talking like singers know like the type of horse that your your body hurts, you you want to sleep, you know, it hurts to talk, you know, it's just when your voice ain't it, you just don't want to do nothing else. It's when you're a singer, that's because you wake up doing that. That's your thing. Um, she was hoarse and she would just push through. I mean, she would maul through it all. And for me, yeah, that was like, yeah, there's no, no excuses. This is what I do. I've got no excuses. I'm not going to get on this mic at the beginning of the show and say I'm hoarse at any point. She never let anybody know any of that. Of course, I knew because we had conversations about it. She's just a brilliant and and, and I'm not going to do this whole performance to a live track. I'm, I'm I'm everyone knows to come here and have they're having a good ass time. Right. I, I'm, I've already I've already established she's already established herself as one of the best singers. She didn't have to do the extras that that some may feel they have to because her show is on another level and nobody does it like her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Nobody, Michael Jackson did the same thing, you know what I mean, and on a high level. And she, she just took took that that note and she does it on a high, the highest level. I mean, you can see people right now try to do that on any performance that you see, and we always can tell it ain't right, but it's always right for Beyonce. And 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 the consistency too. I think you know, as an artist, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure to continue to be consistent. I know one conversation that <clears throat> I always have with Cardi B after the success of Invasion of Privacy is like, what does that sophomore album look like? You know, what is that? What is that sophomore album reception look like from the That's audience? There's so, so much pressure into that. There's so much pressure mm-hmm. into that. But, 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 you know, you can't, as an artist, you really have to block all of that out because then you, you're not, you're not, be, you're not present you know, for the muse. You're not present for the spirit that moves you to create the music that somehow moves over the world. You know what I mean? And so if you're sitting, if you're critiquing as you create, how can it how how can it truly be true? You know? 
And I think that 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 takes a process. There's a process in that when you have to just not give a fuck. And the, the, every artist that has ever ever had a moment of I didn't give a fuck. I just went and, and I didn't care what the outcome was. I just went and did what I love doing. Always ends up best album of the year type shit. You know what I mean? It always ends up the like best. Like Lil Nas X with this new album he, he has. Freed, he just... freed himself. He freed himself. Said fuck all that. And look at that. Look what happens. And everyone should. Everyone should should go after that model. The moment you say, forget all the things that were holding me down, that that put fear in me, that made me uh, be contrived, maybe be different and not my full self. Once you let all of that go, watch how you levitate. It happens for every single person. People look at it as something else, as some as some type of negative or whatever. But no, it's actually that's that's the true evolution of um and true meaning of stepping out on your faith mm. well speaking of evolution um when did acting i mean i i didn't know you were an actor when i knew you as just luke was that something that you developed along the way was that just a continuum of like the evolution as an artist and wanting to like see where your create creativity would land yeah well i'd always i'd always see, see myself as a you know a well-rounded artist and for me i'd always you know you know, you never know tomorrow I may decide to, to to get into furniture, you know, creating furniture and furniture design like Lenny Kravitz or something. You know, I don't know. But I, I, I look at myself. No, I no longer look at myself as one thing. I look at my myself as all things, an artist in totality. Um, and uh, yeah, at the time I didn't I wasn't gun hole about getting in the film, I, I thought about it and, and yeah, I aspired to want to do it and try it. Um, but I'd always said that I, if, if I'm going to do it, I need it, it needs to be right. Um, but you know, time, I, it wasn't something I was really going hard on. I was really all about music and the things that I had done um, prior to um, New Edition uh, were, were things were things, were, were doors that were open via music, you know? So um, it wasn't until New Edition or after New Edition where I was like, okay, I had been looking around that time, I had been looking for a new avenue, something creatively um, fulfilling, because I wasn't feeling fulfilled in creating music. Um, so that came at the right time and opened my mind to now where I'm at now, you know? Yeah, no, new edition. I went to the premiere there in LA, BET, you know, shout out to all the folks over at BET and all of you who did that. I, I feel like that was one of the first, no shade to BET, but that was like one of the first movies, things that they did that they that I felt like they really got right. I felt it like was, the casting was perfect. The oh, music Robbie was Reed. perfect. Yeah. Iconic. It was, it was, I mean, you know, it was the it was the from what we were told it was the first time that the entire building was was in sync the synergy was full throughout every department right um and that and that also you know kudos to everyone uh everyone allowing the their love and admiration for a group that has changed the fabric of music and how we listen to it because before then, you know, New Edition 
New Edition is prolific, and if you if in 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 if you think about it, because they were the first singing group boy band to rap to 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 merge hip hop and 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 R and B and do it on such a high level, and then be being able to break off into different entities and be successful, um, and to have that type of that type of you know that create that kind of love that 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 expands generations um the the entire the entire BET uh family was just just you know amped to to do everything they could to to make these guys to celebrate these guys on the highest level in which that's what happened and that's what you saw you know you know well, that and, and and to play such um like <clears throat> iconic you know, members of the R&B community who are still alive and who could sit there and watch you and critique you. I mean, you played Johnny yes. Gill. Were you ever nervous that, you know, if I fuck this up, it's a wrap? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I I, I was nervous I, I, in the sense of I never thought about it as, as far as for me personally, for what it would do for my career. I just thought about it as like I want to celebrate this dude who I've been who I've been mimicking since I was a kid before I was supposed to be singing anything that he was singing, you know? Um, so it, it, it was very divine to to have the off, to get the offer to portray him because I used to mimic him, his voice. So it, yeah, I, I just wanted it to be right. And they, and, and, you know, their team, their team let us know how important it was that we, um, as the actors um, and everyone else, how, that we respect their legacy and come in wholeheartedly. Um, no egos, check the egos at the door. This is not about us. This is about celebrating them and their legacy and what they've done. And that that was a, a humbling, um, transformative experience, um, which obviously has inspired me thus far. Mm. And then you left that and went over and played Trig, who's dating this trans woman in the shy. Now, how how different was that i mean that was a, that was a very different role when when i got the opportunity um i saw what it was um and i was mo i was moved moved by it uh just by what what it was i had to audition um and then after after uh receiving the offer and having a, a great conversation with lena i understood what the mission was um and so, yeah, I was, I was, and, and at that time I had been just kind of putting out there in the universe that I, I wanted to do something that, that was challenging, but also um, I wanted to be more of a vessel. I wanted to become a better, more, a better actor where I can, um, I push the, the, the boundaries of uh, myself um, as an artist um, and as a vessel. Um, and I was moved by, by his story by their story. So yeah, I was, I was elated and I love Lena. I, and I love the shy and I just thought it was a different, something different than I've ever done. Um, it wasn't music related or anything. And it, I would have to solely fall back on my, um, my talents as, as an actor, um, which was, which that was the challenging part, but that's part of growth. So yeah, it, it wasn't hard in the sense of accepting it or and what it was. Um, because I, I I get the mission, you know, and it's 
I just want to be a vessel and I want to, uh, as I can hear uh, Cornell West say, leave a little bit of heaven everywhere you go. So that's what I'm trying to do. All right. So it was a it was a role that, you know, was easily to accept and understand. But why do you think it's still so hard for our community to understand, like the whole trans community and the love that they find with men who love them? Yeah, um, I think it's just that there's a through line. Um, I think that is just not just the trans community, but all the way through the LGBTQ uh, plus community. I think um, in the black community, there's a lot of conversation that needs to be had um, on on how we we um, how we feel about one another. Um, I think I think is we have a lot of undoing that needs to be had, you know, the way we think of things. But a lot of things come from a place of fear um, and survival. Um, but, 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 you know, people, I think, I think you need more. And that's what, what's so important about seeing these things on TV um, that helps, you know, some art is escapism. The shy isn't escapism art. It is art that drops you right dab in the middle of reality, and 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 we may play with the zeitgeist of things, you know, the the what ifs or whatnot. But it's based solely based in reality and human to human connection. Um, and that's what's beautiful about uh, Lena Lena's writing for the shy, um, and I hope that you know it just which it does, which it has, which, you know, it sparks a conversation, whether, however, you know, however it, 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 it goes, the conversation is being had before. No, it's taboo to talk about it, but now it isn't, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, I, I wish we could just wake up and the world be a place of love and acceptance. Um, that's the beauty of this play that I'm doing thoughts of a colored man. It, it it's, it's, a, it's about, it's about giving black men in totality space to be whatever it is they are, whether it's angry, whether it's happy, happy, you know, whether it's, you know, um, passionate, you know, um, it's the full depressed. It's the, it's the full realm of, of seeing men, seeing men, black men, and eventually, obviously seeing all of us, in the black community as um, family and giving us the, the space to, to, to be human and to be free and to live free and be happy and have a beautiful life filled with love. Because at the end of the day, that's what every, we, everyone wants. That's, that's the basis of it. Um, so well, and, yeah, I, I think, and I also think that Lil Nas X has been doing that too, right? When absolutely. he first came on the scene, I didn't understand his trollism as I would say it, but like, now, when I look at what he's actually doing and pushing the agenda of equality and making people ask the question of why can't we do it if you can, is is going to go down in history as something monumental. Uh, when you look at the reaction that people have been having to him and his movement, and then you know you look at the play that you know the Broadway you know show that you're in, what what do you think it is? It's going to take people to fully just embrace diversity and inclusion. Time and healing and and truth-telling, people bringing their full self, whether that is, you know, you need the person that is homophobic 
in the conversation. You can't you can't push him to the side and say, oh, well, he's homophobic. Goodbye. He didn't say something effed up. Bye. Canceled. Then you have to do that with everybody. You have to give him his space because that comes from somewhere, you know, and it's going to take hard love, but love nonetheless to end time, you know, to to for us to to get to that space because we're you know as a as black people we're dealing with everything everything at one time you know and uh it, it's going to take time it's going to take time but it takes art cuz art is what it art moves people it shapes our nation it shapes the globe it shape it it you know it, it creates dialogue good art great art all right, so another question I've never asked you as my friend mm-hmm. was you had a, um, you're, you're single, are you single now? Am I single? What, what do you mean yeah. single? Like, like, yeah. Are you, like, are you single? Are you in a relationship? Are you talking to somebody? No, I'm single. Okay, because you were in a public relationship with a singer named Jesse J, who I love. And then you guys broke up. Yeah. And you guys handled it in such a, respectful way consistent with who i know you to be you're not a messy social media clout chasing fighting with my girl on instagram guy thank you for that thank you um when you look back on that relationship do you wish you would have kept it private and do you think you'll be in another public relationship with another celebrity or do you want your private life to be private i like my private life private i think is i think I think it, I think it's better that way. I mean, obviously, we don't know about everybody who clicks into, you know, all the people who follow us and click into our what we project out there. We don't know their backstory, but imagine if we did. Imagine if they could imagine how they would feel if we knew everything and every move they ever made. How hard that would be to live in, um, you know, just because we become. Be, we get notoriety and, and have this particular talent. Yes, we're special in a way, yes. Um, but we're still human and we still have our feelings and we still have things that we that should be kept to, to ourselves, especially when you're dealing with someone with in love. You know, you, you can't have all these other entities that will come in because a lot of people obviously are, are malicious and you can't control that. And so I, I prefer to, to to hold on to the things that I can have some sort of agency over without um, sharing, you know, my uh, my control over that. Um, I, private keeping it private is good, you know, and it, and it's it's about my art. It's about the art. It's not about nothing else, you know. It's about the art, and I can live and sleep well with that uh, going with that ideology. I think. But do you ever think about, especially when you're in a relationship with like, like, like that, that there is so much interest in stars in their Mm -hmm. personal lives that sometimes the news that's more interesting is who they're with, who they're sleeping with, who they're fighting with, then their art. Don't you, do you ever try to wrap your mind around how crazy the the news and the media is around? It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing how it all somehow works you know, kind of like a domino effect into each other, you know, um, it is amazing. And if, if you, if you, if you, if that's, 
that's something somebody likes to do and wants to do, then that's that's fine and it works. You know, we see it work. You know, people break up and have this big hoopla explosion of um, he say, she say, and then it evolves into a, a project that's out all of a sudden. And then that just all of a sudden everybody's looking at that and like, oh, is he talking or is she talking about this? That it works. I understand that. But for me, I'm beyond it. Um, and I, I just think I, I cherish my friendships. And I cherish my love. I cherish my heart and my mind. And I cherish the ones I love and that I give my heart and my mind to. I cherish theirs. And I, I don't wish for any type of torture or trolling to to them, regardless if it was a good or bad relationship. You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't, I don't wish for that. I don't wish that to be in the history books. <laughs> well, do you miss her? I mean, do you ever think it'll be back together or is that it? Oh, she's, my, she's my best friend. Um, I, I, it's hard to say, do I miss her? Cause we talk every other day. She's my best friend. You know what I mean? She's somebody I always looked up to as a vocalist, as a singer. I was always inspired by her. So it's just a beautiful, um, divine intervention to have met and to have fallen in love. Um, so I will always love Jessica, she's amazing. If you know her, if you met her, you know she's a solid human being um, and a gifted human being. And yeah, you know, we will always be. Mm. And I think I think that's how it should be for everyone if, if you allow it. But if you have all that other shit going on inside of it, it makes it muddy, it makes it depressing to even go back to, to even look at, you know? Yeah, I agree. I never understood why people fall in love, no matter why you end it or no matter why it's over. Why does it have to be messy? Why does it have to be evil or mean spirited? It's a separation. It's it's it didn't work out. Life is so much bigger than that one situation. So yeah. I, I was uh, I always wondered, you know, where that ended and how you all felt about each other. So I'm glad that you both are still cool because I've never had the privilege of meeting her. I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's a phenomenal singer. Um, but no, I'm glad. All right. Well, listen, I know you're at work. Thoughts of a color man uh, yes. uh, on Broadway. Please come so, see it. No, I need, how long man. is it running? Because I, I do want to see it. Oh, man, you got to come see it. Listen, I'm not just saying because I'm in it. I, I haven't seen it. I've, I'm, I'm experiencing it because I'm doing it. But from what Wyclef and Angela Bassett and 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 and, and Lashana Lynch and, and Lettucey and all these people who have come to see it thus far from what they tell me, it's amazing. And I'm grateful uh, to them. And I'm grateful to all the fans that have come from every, everywhere to come see it. And we're only in previews. We open on the 13th. Um, it's going from now until March. Um, oh. well, I'm yeah, definitely gonna catch, well, I'm definitely gonna catch it then. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I'm, I'm, I am telling you, it's a, it's a brand new play. It's a new play. It's a new Broadway. It's 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 everything. We're making history, and it's 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 groundbreaking, man. It's for us, by us. So come support us. Listen, I'm gonna come check it out, Luke. I appreciate you. Um, you know, this is uh this is a safe space. You know, some people they get so nervous they come on the show. They're like, oh my god, what is he gonna say? We've known each other for so long. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you came, but uh, I can't wait to see you again. I'm gonna come check out the show, and everybody else should check it out too. 
I can't wait, man. I'm so grateful to have met you met you a, a couple of days ago, and I'm so great to, grateful to have known you all these years to be to grow with you. You know what I mean? Look at us. <laughs> it black, was all a dream. Black, black and thriving. You feel me? All right. Well, I can't wait to see you again. Take care. Yes, you too, bro. All right. Look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh. That's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.